And we are um, back at the Moron Voice Audio Show. This is a very, very special episode of the Moron Voice Audio Show. Not only is it another mobile episode, and everyone out there knows we love our mobile episodes here. This is the first episode I've ever recorded in a restaurant. My favorite kind of restaurant. I'm in a Mexican restaurant called Coco and Bitterford Men. Again, that's a Coco and Bitterford Men. They're letting me sit here and podcast. I'm looking right at a neon sign that says tequila made me do it. They got floral on the walls and the other customers don't look that thrilled. But I'm here with um, somebody I've been really wanting to talk to. The only other podcaster that I know personally and we became uh, friends today is um, John Hanks. And he does a podcast called Mongo Chatter. Yo, what's up? What's Not up, much, Ian? man. <laughs> so we got this rolling right now. Yeah, this is sick. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked, dude. And I'm stoked we got to skate. And I'm stoked that I was recording here. I actually can't believe it. Yeah, they're being really cool. Like you said, they're taking really good care of us. And uh, getting us going with some some snacks and cervezas and whatnot. Yeah. What's crazy... Me and you have been talking since I think I I found you somehow on Instagram when I started Moron Voice Audio Show. I think even before my logo, I I, I just found your stuff because it's like another kind of you're kind of a local podcast. I I guess so. Um, I started out doing it um, from the confines of my studio um, apartment in Newburyport, Massachusetts, at the time when people were like locked down during COVID. And a big part of it was uh, <clears throat> I lived alone, and I, like many of us, I was like losing my sanity. So it's kind of an excuse to talk to, have a have a long-winded conversation with like one of my friends like once a week. Sure. I was, I was doing it on a weekly basis. Before I got super into editing in the B-roll and stuff, it was more just like recording a FaceTime. And um, excuse me. Sorry. Um, it was more like recording a FaceTime or whatever. So um, it, w- it was on a weekly basis and it was kind of just like a nice little excuse to talk to my friends and and kind of stay in touch with um, the outside world, you know. Right. So I guess I never realized you started it during COVID. Yeah. And it makes sense to start a podcast during COVID. I started it like when people were getting back together and stuff for some reason. Weird timing. Okay. But... That's cool. Yeah, it just seemed like the best time and the worst time to like start a podcast. It was kind of like a cliche in a way. Like Were a lot of people doing it. Well, I think like a lot of people got forced into a hard reset, and it was for me. It was a really weird, um, particular timing and set of circumstances because I had just quit my job to finish making a skate video. And I had already been isolated, editing and eating mushrooms and chilling by myself in that apartment. And then we got locked down Mm -hmm. and the government was throwing money at me every week, you know. And so I kind of had to um, I could see that the world was changing and that shit was going to get rewritten, you know. And I said sort of like, who do I want to be in this new like landscape? And, like, who am I supposed to be? Who do I want to be? What do I want to do? I was working at a dispensary, just knocking around, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, this has given me a little bit of purpose and uh, a little bit of, like, um, of uh, 
I don't know, somewhat of a, a, a self-worth or a sense of like being part of a community or something bigger than myself that's like, because every episode takes so many, so much up from so many people and it keeps me connected with. Right. But well, yes, to answer your question, it, it, it was local, but then it, it, it kind of like became New England and then I had so many contacts in Seattle and I got Simon as a co-host who I knew from Seattle and now we're in Texas. So now I feel like it's it's a spider web, but I would say it's, the roots of it are New England skateboarding. Right. You know? We've talked about Newburyport and stuff like that before, which I was hyped when you were... That was like the park when I was a fucking shitty little skater. We would go there, and it was like hype because there was a bowl. Yeah. There was no bowls in Maine, really, in southern Maine. So Almost that, that, the whole That park was East incredible Coast. to me when I was a kid. I didn't really even know there was like concrete besides Rye Airfield, maybe, right? I feel like there's very few bowls. I mean, I know there's now everyone's going to listen and pipe up and be like, oh, we have one in South Carolina, but... I feel like there was so few and far between bowls on the East Coast from, say, the 90s till, say, like 2005 or whatever it may be. You know, I know Sayreville, New Jersey, and there's a couple other ones, but Newburyport was one of the first sort of like, and nowadays it's archaic because it's built up, not dug in. Yeah, it's an interesting design, um, the down rail. It's kind of like one of the more modern-style skate parks, the, the the older, newer, modern-style parks. At the time, for sure. On the East Coast. I never saw anything like that. Now that's like kind of the basis for every little park that's shittier than that a lot, like these little tight parks, you know? It's kind yeah. of like what I ended up getting in Old Orchard Beach. Not that it's shitty, but it's like shitty is not the word I'm trying to describe. It's small. I know right? you, you know mean. what I mean? Um, shitty. There's aspects of Old Orchard Beach that totally remind me of Newbury Port. That's why I love it, kind yeah. of, too, you know? Um, but, yeah, I haven't been to Newbury Port. That's like, I'm trying to go there soon this summer. I don't know when this is going to come out, by the way, bro. But, so maybe, hopefully I've been to Newbury Port by the time this comes out. Because <laughs> you know, I do want to, we kind of just jumped over it. I just went to Amesbury, which is kind of close. Oh, you did just go to Amesbury? Yeah, last weekend we went there, and I did, okay. the, I did the whole slappy curb. Yeah. That's pretty high. Backside. Oh, yeah. Backside. Backside. That's, well, that's I'll take a backside slappy, dude. Backside slappy's hard. You know? Yeah. Backside slappy's harder than backside 50 on a quarter bike. Yeah. Backside slappy's really, um, I don't know. A lot of people. Do them frontside? A lot of people do them frontside, and a lot of people do the backside ones not proper. They kind of, like, boost on. They don't bash their front truck. They kind of boost on. And hop into it. Yeah. You know, and the really, the good, like the, it's a real leap of faith to just smash, go, in. smash in backside. You're like, whoa, that's, it's gnar. I think it feels like kind of closer to hitting a backside slash in pool coping than it does doing a frontside slappy. Mm. If you were comparing the feeling. That's how I've always felt. I always felt like it kind of feels more like pool coping a bit, the way it crashes in backside. I can't get as harsh with a backside situation, it's more like a um, a floaty like spray, yep. like uh, like like a whereas the front side like a surf yeah like a surf spray yeah backside it's like like glim you know like like on something really tall, almost do like a little power slide and kind of scrape the coping backside. Whereas I feel like front side, I can dig into it and like, like really make, grind make your face, truck in, really make a face. Yeah, and, like, yeah, like anti hero. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? like Jay Adams. Like exactly. Just, That's what we were saying earlier yeah. today. Like I was kind of taking some Jay Adams inspiration. Yeah, you were. We were like getting tough. Bur- getting vertical. That was fun doing birds today, man. Yeah. yeah, that was sick. Like pretty much, this has been fun, huh? We went, we skated yeah, uh, Rotary Park. 
Not that Rotary is, Park. That's Clifford Park. Clifford Park. That's Clifford Park. Yep. You know, and I thought that'd be a fun park to skate. Hopefully, you liked it. I think oh, I gave. I, love it. I think I, love I gave it. it two out of five stars. Ah, uh, you know, but see, if I were you, I would give it more than that because you helped build that place, right? Right. But build th- that's why design. I'm trying not to be biased. Oh, but you gotta. It's got to be special to your heart. I like Rotary a lot, a lot. It is special to my heart. I like that. That barrier is very special to me. Yeah, no, it's dope. I like anywhere, dude. I, I, I um, you know, I sound like a broken record or like a voice bite or whatever because I feel like I say the same shit all the time. But I always do say, having grown up on the East Coast in the 90s, we didn't have any good skate parks or whatever per se. So... I've always still remained stoked on anything, a mini ramp, a quarter pipe, anything that's a, like a little bit uh, above a, a manual pad or a curb to me is like just still like out of sight. Right. And I've been spoiled and lived in the Pacific Northwest for many years and ridden lots of grindline stuff and this and that, but I'm still stoked on anything. So even if I get somewhere and it's not a great park, like you get going in the session. Thank you so much. You, you get going in the session and it's like... Um, you warm up to anything and you start to you start to figure out what you like about that park and now it's like that's that's your universe for that moment in time you know I said it today you're a pretty organic skater but I also saw you be a, a thought out skater today <laughs> but you kind of reminded me of my how I, I I'm not claiming to be an organic fucking skater but a little loose but like you you can ride a fucking board oh right on people Thanks, who are man. like that I feel like can skate any parks and have fun yeah yeah I, I don't like to skate the same spot every day, so I kind of like, um, I just, it's how, it's one, <clears throat> it's one way how I can like, um, I have this intense wanderlust, <clears throat> and I feed it through skateboarding, like I, I have a normal life and job, but it's like I have to travel to skate, I can't go to the same park every day and have the same session with the same people and do the you same go shit. crazy? Yeah, it's just, it's like the Truman Show, you know? So I kind of like to travel and go to different, and and also ride different shapes and wear different shoes. Um, and again, it's not, it's not to flex, but it's just because I've been doing it for so long to keep it sort of like spicy for myself. I like really loose trucks and different boards and different shoes to, to keep the ride stimulating. Sure. After all these years. And and so I like switching up terrain and situations and sessions frequently. I can get behind that because I have, I think I have five setups right now. All like different shapes, you know. Probably the one I, I skated today is my like normal shape. Yeah. You know? Do you have like, are you like, okay, I'm going to the curb today. I'm bringing XYZ or I'm going to the mini ramp. I'm, are no, you like, so much. are they, they dedicated like, setups? No, like the only one is like, I have like my all around setup, which is like kind of what I had today, my normal setup. But, uh, I try to do, I can, I can do all my tricks almost on all my boards, but like different, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like whatever I'm feeling. It's Sometimes fun I, the- I like skiing flat boards. Okay. So I have a couple flat You're boards. You're not into concave. I do like concave too, though. I have like a deep concave. I got a Alva Tri logo, if you know what that board is, an old, old 79 reissue. Um, I got some flat boards that I, it's like, so I'm like, yeah, I have my flat boards. Then I have like my humongous cut board. Yeah. You know, then it's like, so it's like, that's kind of how I look at it. And do you find that the, um, the, the shape sort of 
informs like the style of that session kind of sure yeah man i mean especially on the big when you're seeing like the 215s or i just got the 10 inch thunders Mm. you know the bigger the truck is when i feel a different ride dude yeah bigger the truck is when you can get a fucking crazy grind right you know what i mean yeah once i grinded on a wide on a wider truck i was like whoa yeah a 215 on coping you really get a good push Dude, uh, there's this dude out in Seattle. He, he's a he's a Seattle legend. His name's Tom Pia. Um, he rolled for Powell and he did a bunch of shit. I think he dropped in on like the King Dome, if you know what that is. There's like a no. part of it, like this like pillar, like spire thing. It was on like the like the news back in the '90s. What? But he's a Seattle legend. But I saw him at the skate park one time. This place, All Together Skate Park, like an indoor skate park in Seattle. And they have this mini ramp there, and it's like that. It's like skate light, but it's like the tacky shit. Or that ramp's not around anymore, but it was like, you know, it was like, a, it was like black. And it was like fast and slick, kind of like skate light. But like, I feel like if you chipped into it, there'd be like a secondary layer. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Right. So underneath the skate light, it would have like another ply. Yeah, it was kind of like plied out. But anyways, so it was a hard ramp to skate, and there's a pillar. They built the ramp around. There's a pillar in the ramp, right, like a, a iron beam, I-beam I pillar. And uh, this dude had some whatever. It was like a Powell reissue, like like super flat. Yeah, I got a like, Powell Like Street McGill or some shit from Sick. 1983, you know, big kicktail, no yeah. concave, no nose. Little nose. And he had two 15s, and he's like just tearing up this mini ramp like uh with such style and like you know and that was like one of the first times i was just like oh my god dude like to see someone really skate uh uh a board with no concave and these 215s on a mini ramp like sick right and just tear up a mini ramp like you would see on a popsicle you know it's pretty impressive yeah shout out to tom pia (laughs) <laughs> I think the shape is only so limiting. I, some people are so stuck in their shapes, and I can understand because I've done some really good skating. I've like, skated the same board a few times in a row once, and I got like decent at skating. I felt like you on mean that board. like over the days or like no, like I skated like uh, oh purchase wise yeah, like I like like in a two years maybe I had like five of these boards. Okay. And so I got super comfortable, and I was like, I can see why somebody would. I also had other boards on the side, though. You understand me? Side so as my main rider. Your side pieces. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was like, I feel like I got pretty decent on them, and I was thinking I can understand why someone maybe would be like, I'm only riding an eight five with eight five trucks, yeah. and like fifty four millimeter wheels or fifty two, you know, whatever you like. For sure. But I'd like to <clears> set something up and like have it be different. And just, like, not let it limit you, really. You know what I mean? I've never been limited by, by the shape as much as maybe the truck. I kind of get, like, FOMO with gear, too. Like like you said, like, I could ride the same shape and skate the same ledge and do the same shit over and over again. But part of me would be like, whoa, what's it like to ride a hammerhead, you know? Like, what's, what are riser pads like? Like, yeah. what's a dirt board, you, you know? You like, riser pads. Uh, here and there. No, I do. I'm just saying, for example, like, uh... 
It kind of depends. It depends on the the, the truck and shape. Sometimes I'll just be like, because I ride li- really loose trucks. Yeah, I do so too. So sometimes oh, I'll we just be like, each other's boards. Oh, I love trying people's that'd boards. That'd be cool. That'd be sick. That'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but because that that sounds fun if you like wiggly trucks. But you know, sometimes with a wiggly truck, you gotta employ the riser pad. You're like, Absolutely. oh, I just That's I gotta pull the riser pad out of here. You know, like it's not. I know it's not the cool guy shit to do. It's like whack for some reason. People yeah. are against it. It's like kooky, People I guess. People are against using or taking away a riser pad. I don't know. I, I always use them. I feel like people think it's kooky to have riser pads. I feel like I'm a kook. Oh, I definitely am. I just, you know what I mean? I it mean, is like, you know, I always thought it was pretty um, tough to just, like, bolt your truck right to your board. You know, no riser. But I never really did it. I always ride the, is it the eighth? Eighth inch? Is that the little one? The little tiny one, yeah. That's the one I like. Like the little, like, and they're like, um, they're like rubbery. There's like some cushion technology or some shit. I've always you used know? like the more, uh, like the hard ones. Like okay. The, just to um, give it a little bit of clearance, maybe, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I should set up a board. I kind of want to set up a small board, I've been thinking. Like an eight inch board with yeah. like 139s. I want to go even smaller than that. That would be fun. Like, I was riding my friend's board yesterday that was, uh, he had some, like, I don't know what they were. They, you know, at the end of the day, 89s or something, you know? Tiny, tiny, tiny axles. The smallest indies? I think, they, I think they were ace zeros or something. Double like, zero, maybe. Double zero? Is that a thing? I hope it is, because I Probably. said Probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think that's what he said. Or one. I don't know. Whatever. The truck industry has a solve. I fucking. love Ace trucks, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been skating. You know, I grew up riding Indies, and I then I just started trying all the different brands. You know yeah. what brand I skated for years hmm. was Crux, because they could get those trucks can get floppy loose, dude. Okay. But to the point of it's like it doesn't even turn because it's going so floppy loose. It's um. crazy with like for Indies, like stock Indies, like are not you really. For, like, the classic, stereotypical, like, mega loose, like, no bushing cap indie, mm-hmm. like, Hesh, yeah. you really have to heavily modify the truck, right? You have to get a special bushing and take out the, like, take out the cap and, like, get in with there with the Loctite. Like, shave it down or something? And, like, no, just, like, you know, you take off one of the washers so that you can have it super loose. Yeah. And it doesn't Bottom like, washer, right? Yeah, you just have. Eh, you, I've done it with both. I've never taken off my top. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's crazy because like indies aren't. I feel like indies have to be modded out a little bit. Whereas I, Ace is out of the box. I don't change my Ace bushings. Great. I would always yeah. put in the blue bushings to my indies or Crux or any other truck, but the Ace out of the box are good, right? Yeah. First I like time the I rode them, I, I did a grind, and I was like... It what like, size did you ride? 66 or something the like nine that? 55 or 66? 9-inch is it 55? Was, I got one of the last setups, like, right before they changed it and got the new measurements. First ever burrito on the Moron Voice Audio Show. Yeah, Not to interrupt, looks, but I was it like... It looks good. Is, like, it's just veggie? Right. Yeah, just a veggie. I yeah. might have to get the same it's, thing it's, here it's, in a minute. It's, you gotta, it's nice. Yeah. Man. I mean, I never got the treat of eating on a podcast before. It's hey, you're doing a great job. And I got you're this. like sneaking those bites in. Right when I walked in, I love the freaking vibe. I'm trying to see when you take a bite and then like talk a little <laughs> bit while you. <laughs> yeah, have you ever? You must have podcasted at a bar or a restaurant before. 
Uh, I think I've always sort of avoided it, dude. Uh, you know, it seems like a lot of, um, to be, to be fair, to be honest, this is kind of nice for me. Cause like I'm in it to win it with you. Right. But it's also like, I'm here as like your guest. So I'm just show, like, right? I'm like, however he wants to set it up. I'm like, if we do it at a bar or whatever, cool. Like yeah. I'll make do like whatever. Um, <clears throat> I've done it like on the side of curbs and like at the skate park and uh, in cars and stuff, but I've never really done it. Um, at a Mexican joint? No, because like dealing with the other party, right? Like ordering and I the bartender. And, good, I think we're doing a good job. Oh, you're killing I, I hate it. To do it's my amazing. Own fucking horn, but no, beep, it's beep. great. <laughs> it's great. No, this is awesome. Sorry, you know, I'm going to have it's a little queso been, dip here. Absolutely, just, have some uh, queso dip, bro. Um, we got queso dip. We got salsa. We got freaking waters. He's got his <laughs> beers going. We got chips. We got salt. We got pepper. We got it all here at the Moron Voice Audio Show. Thanks for coming on, John. Oh, this is great. This is amazing. Sorry, um, sorry to eat, and sorry to nerd out so heavy on. Stage. I'm eating too. I've always kind of used yeah. drinking coffee and hitting the bong as like a bumper kind of funny thing. This is okay. more obnoxious. You can hear me slushing this veggie in my mouth, but it's delicious. We're like nearly. We're like really nerding out on skate shit. So yeah, I was just thinking like, so I'm, you are like a skate nerd. Ah, uh, a bit. Do you yeah. Get into like to it, to it. Yeah, yeah I, I am. am. It's my skateboarding. <laughs> sounds so like over the top. Skateboarding is like my religion in that it's helped me connect with other humans and build a community and, and be a part of, of something, like I said, bigger than myself. And so um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nerd. I've been, I've been immersed in it for my whole life, literally since I was five. I'm 42. So I'm a skate nerd, and then I remember all the gear and the trends and everything that's come and gone. And but I'm not really. I feel like skate nerd. The modern connotation has a lot to do with videos and ABDs and Maybe, MBDs yeah. and spots and shit. I'm not good with that stuff. I don't really focus on that. Uh, I don't. Like I don't care. Bought <laughs> skateboard modification nerd. You know what I mean? I'm finding out what size oh, yeah. wheels I like I'm with a gear what size. Nerd like yeah, that. yeah. And like what size. Bushins, I like. Yeah. Or how how I like. I like when you this can th- nose is three inches, like you know stuff like that. Like yeah. Measurements, I, numbers. I like what my boards. I like when you can go to a shop and go down a rabbit hole with someone that's working there and like bring your board now, in and be like, you know, because yeah, no, it's like. No offense, but it's like. Uh, some kid that's 25 and like is like fucking skating ledges every day. He doesn't care about like how I feel about concave and kicktails and and probably and, not putting in blue bushings. Yeah, yeah exactly. About that stuff, yeah. He doesn't care about that kind of stuff. But sometimes it's cool to just go down a rabbit hole and be like, oh, you know, like I have these 57 millimeters. Like, should I put the softer riser pads or you know what I mean? Like, whatever yeah, it may fun. be. It's fun. Yeah. That's why I started riding rails, just because it's fun. Yeah. I always kind of picked on rails on boards, and then once I put them on, I was like, it's just fun having matching rails. And you feel it, like it gives too, me another thing to dork about when I'm like ordering a board or buying a board. You feel like too. It's like I feel like I'm the kind of skater where I could ride rails and no one would bat an eye. It'd be like it makes sense. Like it feels like I feel like for you personally, I don't know you that well, but I feel like. The rails, yeah, like the rails suit your skating. It's like Rick. you're doing these Bertelmans and like Hesh. So it's like, Trent. yeah, it's like if you no one's like, what? You know what I mean? It's like it's not a strange. It's what not do a you big think leap. About nose plastic and tail plastic, like the nose guard. I've almost got a tail guard so many times. I'm like sometimes I'll set up boards that look beautiful, when yeah, they're brand new. Okay, and I'm like, like I had this. Um, I've set up a, a 
Klaus, what's his name now? He The clock guy on Santa Cruz with the clock graphics. Klaus Grabkey or something, right? But he, he had yeah, a, you nailed it, Klaus Grabke. You, I think you just nailed I, I, it. I, I, yeah. I don't, don't want to butcher it. No, you know, no, you like nailed it. Asshole. Um, but like I, I got his the Powell board. It's a blue board, blue wheels, blue rails, and I was like blue tail guard just to save it. Yeah, I didn't do it. You know, you're gonna ride it. I have I've ridden it. It's the tail is could have used a guard. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, oh man, I'm like, so do you think they're whack or what? No. I think it's cool. Like, I never did it. I never saw the need for it. Just like kind of like at a certain point, here's what happened. All my setups used to have rails, right, mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And like I say, I'm old and that I've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. 93, 94, Santa Cruz came out with Everslicks where they added an extra, an extra layer above the seven plies of like a hard plastic. So they theoretically eliminated the need for rails. And uh, like a slick deck, right? Like yeah. they call them slick boards. Hookups have those and shit too, maybe. And then in mid ninety, mid nineties, oh, but mid nineties, it's good. It. It's not bad. I, I want good? my, I, I want my mom to watch it and I want her to cry. Is it better than the sense. Lords of Dogtown? Because I love the Lords of fucking Dogtown. It's More, pretty, you know. Not the documentary, you know, the Lords of Dogtown. No, I like yeah. that. I like that movie <laughs> yeah. too. I like all the cameos. <laughs> Lance Mountain is the guy at the. I love that video, uh, dude. Okay, do you remember this part? I don't know how many times you've seen it. I used to fall I asleep s- to it when I was. Yeah, like, I've seen. A, I've seen a lot of movies. Yeah. Do you know the kid is on? They stick this kid on the roof to look for for the, the cops, and there's a scene and the kids yelling pigs, pigs. I think it's a. Uh, it might be Beniac's kid. It's one of their kids. Okay. It's one of the old guys' kids. Sick. But he's like yelling pigs, pigs on the roof. Of, could I grab one more of these, my friend? Yeah, I'll yes. take a water, too, dude. Thank you so much. This is killer, man. Yeah. but uh, Sorry, what were we talking about? I was talking uh, about Lords of Dogtown, then I started talking about... Oh, so Rails. Uh, so... Yeah, yeah, Rails. Uh, sorry. That's um, okay. Everslicks and shit, and then they were like... In the mid-90s, whatever. It was like... This attitude, the new school attitude came around, right? And it was fuck pads... Fuck rails, fuck copers, fuck extra shit. Mm-hmm. We don't need it. Like we can just. You want to slide? Go faster. You know. It was kind of like that. Fuck wax. That's how I grew up. Kind of like I had nothing. Yes, it was nothing. It was like. Did you grow up without a skate park or what? Uh they had on um, this skate park, Cashman Skate Park in Newburyport was like by the boat ramp, and they had some ramps. This dude, Travis Landreth's dad. Built a bunch of shit, and Steve from Pioneers, and like um, legend he is. Mike Zap from Zapsticks. Yeah, uh, they had contests there, and they like fostered this skate park. Bless you. And uh, the, there was contests there, but then I remember there was one really bad hurricane in like '91, and like the tides came up and fucked up all the ramps, and it got dilapidated, and people did graffiti, and like it was like. People like you know the skate park drew bad kids that weren't into skating, so parks. it got to be like an eyesore. The town was like, ah, oh, that place is just—it's oh, a breeding ground that's for what bullshit. On my first park, and then I got taken away. <laughs> yeah, this was a shitty wood ramp park, kind of. You know? Yeah, same. You, do you know Old Orchard Beach at all? Like where the police station is? I know, I know it in the modern sense from going to the you know park the that's park there is. now. Yeah, yeah. Where the police station is now is where the skate park I learned how to drop in at. Okay. Was. Then they got rid of that when I. Like, before high school. So, all through, like, Dude, that high school age, we just skated the sidewalk. I think I randomly skated that park in, like, 2002 or 2003 because mm-hmm. I had a girlfriend in college who her best friend 
This is random, right? Her huh. best friend, this girl's parents had a camp up in Maine. And we went up there one time, <clears throat> and this girl dated a rollerblader. <laughs> and they brought us. They're like, we got a skate park in our town. And we went to, uh, they were from Marblehead. And we went to, uh, we went to, I think it was Old Orchard Beach or maybe Wells or one of these little, it was like a red tennis court with a bunch of cracks and like a ledge. had like uh, maybe three foot mini ramp. Like a six foot mini ramp, but bad, like hammer and nail style. Yeah, like Bart Simpson's like, treehouse. Yeah, hammer and nail. I mean, and we loved it, dude. I sure. loved it. I thought I was in a fucking Tony Hawk game. I swear yeah. to God. I mean, I remember fucking dropping in. I was tight. Well, I've always admired the um, the the Southern Maine, like this area, the Kenny Bunk, Biddeford, like DIY skate scene, like from the. You know, because um, Chris Santos, right, was he was our guy. Like, we were like, we would see this guy do um, handstands. Thank you, sir. We would see him do, like, handstands so much, in the parking lot, you know, like. I never knew Chris did a handstand. Oh, dude, he did full-on handstands. Oh. And um, this was when... Um, you know, like he had Eric, like from from a toddler's age, he had him with him and the dog, and they would just show up, and we'd be like trying to like skate a ledge, and Chris would just show up at the spot and do all this, not even flat ground, dude, just riding, just carving and riding the parking lot, and he would do handstands and hang tens and burts and like yeah. just soul skating for real, yeah. for real. Um, and a I've, huge influence Chris, to me. Chris was a huge influence on my skating as a kid, too. See, that's what I was saying. I could I could almost, this is going to sound weird, like on some Jedi shit when we were skating today, I was when I was skating today with you, I was thinking of Chris Santos in those days because it, like, it ruminates, right? Right. And I feel like I have a sixth sense for this stuff at this point. You yeah. know what I mean? And, like, the... <laughs> The weed much, helps too. Yeah, I learned. Yeah, of course. For sure. But know? I did learn how to skate, watching him skate. You know. Yeah. So and his boys, of course. And then, like, um, you know, in the fir- when when Instagram first came around, like, or when I first got involved with it in 2016 or something, um, through like my connection back here and like Taylor Spinney, rest in peace, on like Underdog Skate Shop, and then sort of like the connection, like. Um, that dude, um, is it Wes Cunningham, the Portland dude, the photographer dude? Yeah, he's a friend and supporter of the Moron Boys Audio Show. So, Adam Lagasse. Another huge friend and supporter of the Moron Boys Audio Show. He was one of my favorite original, like, uh, Instagram skateboarders, if that makes sense. Like, there were a he's few of too. them. Like, Roller Surfer, Pug Wizard. I like these Northwest dudes, and I was in Seattle. But then I paid attention to, because obviously, like I'm saying, Eric Santos... Right and Eric and Nick rips. of course Nick rips, but then I'd be like, oh, who's this dude? Like, Lagasse, you know, like that dude's Instagram. Like, and I just kind of like it. You know how it you it mushrooms out and you become aware of other people. And I feel like I'm rambling, I but I feel like there's a whole sort of like style. Like, there's scary. a whole style to the main skateboarding that's just, I think it's out of sight. Like, um, that place in Sanford, that indoor park that was, like... Gone could, now? Yeah. But uh, you would go there, and you would just see it. You'd be like, these kids are fucking on fire. That, Logic? It was the name of Logic. that park? Logic yeah, was yeah. sick, dude, because it, like, wasn't... You know how sometimes, like, indoor parks, like, daycares, 
like it feels like you're at like oh, a yeah. youth center. Totally. That's I don't like that. Not because I I think that's a great thing, but it's like I'm 30 year old man. We are men. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I understand. Yeah. I swear when I skate. Not like on some like oh we are men. No, I mean like we are grown men. We're adults. I, don't, I, don't, I shouldn't say it like that, but yeah, it's like you know. I and it ain't to- about wearing a helmet either. I'll wear a fucking helmet oh, and just yeah. skate inside. No, the first time I went to Logic, um, they let me plug in my iPod. Yeah, they're skate for and skaters they're like, by skate. There's a cooler if you got anything you want to put in our cooler. There's a dog here roaming around. You know, I love that dog. Cool. Bijou was that dog's name. Yep, I used to skate there a lot, man. I love that half pipe. It was like a six foot half pipe or something. I don't know. About so six lumpy. Feet. It was lumpy, but I like it because it was steep. I like skating steep, like not huge, but steep, like. That was about my limit for, like, ripping, I'd say. And it, yeah. You know, I'm better on small shit, but when it's steep, I, I can get away with a little more sometimes. Sure. Gives you a little extra oomph. So that's, like, my closest thing to being a vert skater, a six-foot ramp that's slightly steep. But it's got to be said, anyone listening, if you haven't been there, it's not, like, a six-foot ramp that's, like... Vert at all. No, no, one up. That one... Was hectic, what, right? What one? Logic. Logic. For what it was, it was hectic. You could get hung up and get hurt. What I'm saying, when you say it's a six foot ramp, it sounds like oh, this is like this little mellow thing in your buddy's backyard. Like tee hee, we're having some beers. It's right. mellow. It wasn't like that at Logic. It was a hectic, dramatic, and there was an, extension, an extension with pool, pool coping. Open. Yeah, <laughs> come on. That's what I'm saying, dude. Dude, that extension was <laughs> fucked. I didn't really do matrix on that. That thing was fucked. That was a fucking. I like those. I like those kind of ramps. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's like that's what I liked about Logic too. Is like it was like yes, like you're saying it was a skate park, an indoor skate park. You go, you pay to go there, but it wasn't like. And this is like, and I know like towards the end, like Dougie Death they built a bunch of shit, and it was I never wrote that shit, but it was like for example, like that ramp. I don't know, and it's like I don't know. I guess. Who built it? I don't know who built what. It doesn't matter. Sure. Right. Let's it doesn't look, matter. Yeah, yeah, I'm not talking yeah. shit. Yeah. It was imperfect, and that's what made it rad, is what I'm trying to say. It was a unique ramp. A period in my life, I skated a lot of ramps like that. Yeah. Like it, it, had a, it had a real, like, 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 uh, like evil Knievel, be... like, backyard thing going to it. And yeah. it was, like, in an indoor park. It was just fun. It was like out of the out of the ordinary, you not know. Not a normal indoor skate park, six foot ramp. And it's not off the or- for me. It's like off the radar because like my friends was like, and again, one love, right? But it's like my friends were like, oh, we're gonna go to Red Alert. I'm like, what about Logic? You know, it's like, it's it's 15 minutes up the road from Red Alert. So like, let's check this out. Let's go north beyond the wall, you know. But it, I feel like it was like slightly. It was like a. Like, not a main destination for indoor parks where people went. Right. Yeah, it was more of a local thing, I think, maybe. Yeah. Well, the same faces. I wasn't going every day. I know no. there was crews that would go there every day. I know, dude, Is this right? killing you? No. Okay. No, it sounds fine. It's kind of nice, yeah, right? Yeah, I was kind of like, I like it. I don't know if they're trying to give me a sign or what. <laughs> yeah, they're know? like, shut the fuck yeah, up. Like, okay, well, we'll see <laughs> if it gets louder, and then I'll wrap that wrap it up, but... Um, I'll just sing from now on every question you ask me. That'll work. Sometimes not too bad. Your face lit up. You can catch, yeah, I love music. <laughs> There's the knot. <laughs> I love. How's it going, guys? Yeah. So anyway, 
Yeah, so I, I, I totally I, wanted to talk to you about something that wasn't skating, but here we I were. Got really excited. Okay. I, I, every time, that's the thing, dude. So the Moran Voice Audio Show was yeah. not a skateboarding. It's still not a skateboarding show, but it like, I never want it's become who I met skateboarding, which I'm fine with because all I know is skateboarding. No matter what my other interests are, I'm I like, am a fucking skater. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. I can't like, and I've tried like, not not being a skater. I'm just like a skater. I realize, yeah. you know, and it's like I'm down to sit around and talk about skateboarding. I love sure. skateboarding. Oh, always. I'm at, but it's just what I is is what I do on the regular. Obviously, with Mongo chatter and shit, it's like. But I like to be like like same thing. I just think it's like a natural conversation. Like it can, it can deviate away from skating, right? But it's just like you. A lot of the times, you end up talking about skate shit, and it's just like it's exciting. Like who else am I going to talk about? Fucking copers. Right. With, you know, and like, no one gives a shit. Yeah, right? like, so like... I get excited because it's such a niche interest. You don't work with guys who talk about that stuff usually. So yeah, you're... I guess card, card people mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. Talk about that. Or, like, you know what I always think about skating is kind of like, it's fly fishing. Because you could sit around and geek out on it and you're sitting there and you're, like, smoking. Like, I have a friend who's, he's really into, fly. I have a few friends, but my one buddy, he's a fly fisherman. And he sits around in his little shed and geeks out with his different flies for different seasons. And he's smoking weed. And his wife's all mad at him. And he's, like, tinkering and going to the shop and buying different fucking flies. And, like, it's driving him crazy. Yeah, I've seen how people... I think that's why my dad couldn't get into it because he doesn't want to sit there and fucking build them. You... A true fly fisherman builds their flies. True or false? Okay, yeah. Right? They, they build their own flies like that guy, right? And they get Dude, into I it. don't know. I don't have any other hobbies because like, I don't want to get into it. I don't want to go crazy with something else. That's me with music, too. You know? Yeah. Well, music, buy, music is a... I, I'm more like... It's not like... A, I'm more like an autistic knowledgeable about music. I'm not like as like insane about it as I am about skating, but it's like... It's almost more important because it's always in the back. It's always there. It's yeah. like... Sometimes you're, oftentimes you're not skating, but music is like constant and it's so effective. Like I hear this right now and I'm just like grooving. I'm grooving. It's got me. Yep. I'm you know? a music lover. I love it all. I grew yeah. up like kind of that typical closed minded punker. Yeah. And I wouldn't take it back or anything because like that was actually better being ignorant to shit. So then I wasn't asking people if they like Toby Keith and Shania Twain. You know? yeah, no, it's rad. No, but this it's is, rad, you know, and I, I have no, no shame, you know. This is rad. This is exciting for me because this is the part. I know you're the host, but I had. I'm just really curious. It's none of my business, but it's it's curious. I got a couple things to say. I'm curious about why, how, and why you like John Mayer. I knew it. <laughs> and. Uh, like, dude, I was oblivious, and you got to understand, I lived in Burlington, Vermont, Santa Cruz. I was oblivious, surrounded by, I used to, like, had a lot of girlfriends that were, like, hippies and shit, and then one day someone told me that John Mayer was in The Grateful the dead? dead, and my fucking head yeah. almost blew off of my face. He's like Jerry's role, essentially. So, uh, hold on, remember, but we're going to talk about that, but I'm not I'm not a huge deadhead, I just know a little bit about them, because I follow John, and because I'm a music guy, and I know The Grateful Dead, I guess, but... So there is... That's another thing that I wondered. There's a contingent of folks that were previously John Mayer fans, John Mayer fans, who are now like the Grateful Dead, right? And they like go to the show. You're like, oh, I know this song. I'm right. gonna listen to fucking 
box of rain or whatever you know like no but go back to the real like we're going into the grateful dead because of john mayer do you respect that i i've heard very i'm not here to judge you're not here to gatekeep the grateful dead fuck no as a matter if anything dude i grew up was like i'm supposed to venomously spit on the the grateful Grateful dead and led zeppelin and like you know i was a punk rocker but I now love the Grateful Dead, and for me now, as someone who has been exposed to psychedelic culture later in life, not hardcore, straight edge, you know what I mean, branching out into different styles, and like, as a lifelong punk rocker to discover Santana and Led Zeppelin at 25 years old, you know, like, it took me- Santana rule. I love Santana, you know, but- I didn't know that until I was 25. Me too. That's you know, it took a long time. Like That's when I started listening to more music. I'm when I was 25. 14, I only liked The Exploited. And you couldn't tell me shit about fucking, I was like, any band, right? Any, all, all that shit is hippie shit, and I don't want anything to do with it. It was like long hair shit. I was like tunnel vision punker my whole life. And then um, I credit hugely psilocybin as like, just and also the Beastie Boys because they draw from everywhere, right? So I was like, that's my favorite band, and they're they're so influenced by their environment of New York City. I love the Beastie Boys. I do you remember the? Do you ever listen to the instrumental albums they they did? Sure, of course. Those stand on their own. To me. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. Not to discredit that. Yeah. The real well, stuff, but to be stuff. fair, the In Sound from Way Out is a compilation album. Okay, I guess I of their instrumental that. songs. Okay. Still sick. Yeah, but they have another one, a more modern one, released in 2007 called The Mix-Up that's all newer. It's a it's original instrumental songs from that from that time. Sick. I'm like a, 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 that's... Your favorite band? One of them, uh, all time? All, all time. Because if you could go to a desert island, you wouldn't need anything else. You'd literally have every genre and style Rest covered. MCA. That was a hard one yeah. for me when I was young because I was really into him. I'm still into him, but that was a, I was Dude, deeper into it at that time. I, I actually like, well, I was on a, I was on a road trip going across country with uh, a girlfriend at the time, and it was weird because we were in Chicago. We stopped to see a friend, and he knows he knew I was a big fan, and and he goes, "Oh, I just got check your head on vinyl," and we sat in his kitchen and smoked a joint and listened to it. And the next day on the trip. We got the news. It was weird. It was strange. That's super strange. You know, man. just by coincidence, he happened to. He was like, "Oh, I went to the record store today, bought this, and then the next day." Um, Always loved his voice. Yeah, and his 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 bass, his tones. Yeah, yeah his bass uh, voice, uh, that fuzz box. Okay, but to answer your John Mayer question. Yes, thank you. I was pinching my leg. That's a little podcasting tip I'll give you right here on the oh, air. Oh, I'm that's like, great. That means the John Mayer question or whatever it is. Um, that's really great. So you, start, you tie some string around your finger. I, that's the next step. That's the next step. Um, so I'm going to pinch my question? leg to why order one I, more beer. Why I like John Mayer was the question, essentially? Yeah. Yeah, um, sure. Like I Let's was, just talk about John Mayer. Yeah, I'm down. So, um, <laughs> I I just saw John Mayer too. But I heard he's a gnarly womanizer too. He is a gnarly womanizer. He's they claim he claims. I'm not judging here claims, or there. No, it's fine. 
I just I, heard that about I really him. like I think he kind of like more was is the whole thing or I think his private life is much more private but that's now. he says that so he can get more girls more right he's like oh I used to be a womanizer and, and chicks are like oh he's oh, reformed I love you. yeah he's definitely um banged a lot of them you know the list. I, I think. Do you think he bangs gnarly? Uh, 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 no, gnarly deadhead chicks like white chicks, smelly white chicks with dreadlocks. He might, dude, because <laughs> there's no way a single guy who's. I think he's your age. I think he's forty. I don't. Forty-two. I don't say your name. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm forty-two. No, you I'm not like, dude. I'm not like vain. I'm forty-two. I'm just saying, like, if I was forty-two in the Grateful Dead and. Thing that I like about John, it always was. So I grew up, and uh, his first album was like a 2003 album. So I was in fifth grade. Okay. The next year, I started tell me playing... A, tell me a, 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 what was a hit single from that song? From that album? That was like the more maybe what... I don't know how deep you have listened to him because he's all over the radio, but you didn't listen to the radio, but like a song that maybe isn't as appreciated by fans even, but I, lo- I love it. I like his body is a wonderland. That was like his like poppy. I don't want to like, put you on the spot. Can you like sing a hook? Absolutely. Like a... Tell me a hook. We got the afternoon... We got this room for two. The I, one that's like, your body is wonderland. It's, oh, uh, my God. I don't know it. But that, Sounds like some womanizer shit, though. Definitely. That was like, <laughs> him, like, much younger. But, like, so then I was in sixth grade, started playing electric guitar, and I would get, this was before the internet a bit. I would oh, get, dude, like, you're gu- good, too. Guitar One magazine. My friend, can I have one more? Thank you. Hey, yes, thank sir. Thank you, bro. I'll take a thank water. Thank you so much. So he was all over like Guitar Magazine because he's really good. I don't yeah, know he's if you know. Technically he's technically like, fucking stupid good. And that's how he ended up in his role with the dead, right? Because right. he's so technically proficient. Right. And he's like one of the best for sure. And like still kind of underappreciated. And I, it doesn't bother me, but I'm just kind of like, you know. Um, I've always been good at separating artists from the art for better or worse. Right. So I grew up like, I don't. It's not, it's not black. It's not. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, go, go, go. And this is more like I've talked to my, I have a really good not a really good friend, but like a good work friend who's a huge deadhead who I used to work with him at this dispensary, right? This dude, he's young. Younger than me. He's, I don't know. He says he's late 20s. <clears throat> Knows everything about the Grateful Dead. And I love people like that. As such, he has accepted John Mayer into his... Yes! His... Yes! Yeah, okay. So... But, and I'm not against John Mayer. No, I don't give a fuck. You okay, don't, you don't. Give Debbie a Gibson w- was in the Circle Jerks or whatever, as legend has it. Right? Who cares? Right. Who fucking cares? Right. But is it not blasphemy to a gnarly ass deadhead that now we got John Mayer? Mm. This guy is like, uh, he's like plastic, right? Like, how this guy end up in the Grateful Dead, the subcultural juggernaut? Right. The, so. the, the, the Merry Pranksters, the Ken Casey, the fucking Hells Angels, the fucking, the, 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 the Grateful Dead. Yeah. How did this dude, with all due respect, and I know he's a right, right. badass guitar player, how did this guy come to join the Grateful Dead, and why is that socially acceptable and I know the answer because it's 2022 and no one has a soul anymore. Right. But why is this? <laughs> why? Wh- how? Why? I think it came from. So later in John's career, he's like kind of a bluesy player. Then he went to more of this Americana style sound. And I think like a lot more like uh, worldly musicians started accepting him. Okay. And I'm not sure how he got the fucking call. But I know him and Bob are fucking tight. 
Yeah. You know, I've seen Bob play his pink guitar, but <laughs> it's crazy. What I'm wondering if you knew, I don't know how much you know your dead in co, because I don't know that much. I just like watch the videos, you know. I'm a guitar geek, so I like to watch Grateful Dead to see what they're playing, because they play s- sick guitars. Okay. But um, I've, I'm under the impression dead in co. I don't want to talk about people passing away, but when people leave the band, they will be replaced, and this Dead & Co. will go on forever playing Grateful Dead. So John Mayer will be replaced. Bob, potentially. I, that's the, I don't, is so that the idea of the band? Well, that's a unique thing I to that band. I feel like that's a unique thing to that band because they've transcended subculture and what it is to be a band it's like a rite of passage there will be a new someone will come along to sing those songs anew right it's thank you hell yeah thank you so much it, it's thank you, sir. Thank you. it's bigger than the individual it's it's i mean and also too as a cynic if the price is right right it yes. can be it yes, can be bigger right. than um uh jerry garcia or whatever but <clears throat> it doesn't always work like Sublime with Rome. I don't listen. That to Sublime shit sucks. I don't. I don't really listen too much Sublime, but I'm not claiming I hate my punk band. Once on a Halloween show, we were telling everybody we we're covering the Bad Brains tonight. We we're covering the Bad Brains. We we're also dressed in all white. We were semen. Um, <laughs> but we, we played "Caress Me Down" by Sublime, and it wasn't really the funniest joke. But it's like because reggae kind of you know reggae punk or something you know. I have said this, and uh, I love Sublime. Do you? Big fan. I fucking hate California white boy reggae, as I call it. What about 311? Oh, 311's the worst. I hate all the bands that Sublime has influenced yeah. over the years. What's, you know? Yeah. Slightly Stupid's I. I feel like that one, you know? I don't really fuck with Slightly, Slightly Stupid, but I feel like that's more accepted than any of the other ones that but I like, know about. Uh, I don't, I, I don't want to talk shit on, on like, I, I just like, there's like certain bands. There's a famous band that you don't like. You can talk Thick, Thicker Than Thieves. It's from San Diego. Oh, my God. I know that band. My friend almost played drum for them. Um, they're not good. They're like... I, <laughs> I really love reggae music. It's like... it's like uh, It means a lot to me, man. Sick. And I'm not trying to be like... Reggae the purist? Fucking, the cool, like, blessed Jedi white guy that has a special connection to fucking Jamaican music. Right. But... I feel it's important to respect... <laughs> The roots and culture of that music, and it's not supposed to be a happy island music. It's from the gritty fucking... If you listen to an old Jimmy Cliff record or some Desmond Decker, right. there's like... It, it's 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 coming from a place of desperation and shit, and it's... Uh, it's not for fun, and it's not to get laid. Not a par- not party music. No, it's, it's not. not. It's hard as nails, you know. And Jimmy and Cliff became a little more party later on. Sure, but sure. That's why I like Jimmy Cliff because he really evolved. Like every album is, you can see the growth in his music very quickly. It's just not like a postcard, you know. Yeah. And like an abstract, like oh, this is like we're selling you something, and so it's not supposed to be goofy stoner music necessarily. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's fairly serious music, and and I don't want to make it a thing like oh, fucking California white boy. It's like so specific. It's like, but it's also kind of like that's just sort of like my background and like it's like we you used to be able to say shit with nails and it would not like it was it it expressed a certain side of emotion that was not going to necessarily like 
bum someone out or get someone canceled or make someone uh, upset. So I don't mean to say, like, sorry to uh, white guys in California that are currently playing reggae, like, bless up, you know. But, uh, you know, I just feel like when I die and go to hell, Jack Johnson will be on repeat. Probably. <laughs> He's got, like, an island vibe, right? Never got into Jack. You know, I'm, I'll, I'll do the, the John Mayer, but I never got into Jack. It's all good. I, dude, I, I, I saw, um, I've seen... I don't know if I've seen Third World, but I've, I've, I've listened to my share of Third World a bit. And Ika Mouse, big Ika Mouse fan. Hell yeah. Music. Just thinking of some reggae. I'm not super deep into reggae. The Trojan Box set is a big Oh, that I, I mean, shit. To. Yeah. So the names, you know how that's just too good to like know the names sometimes? Because there's so many songs on those. It's Trojan overwhelming, yeah. I, the one with the girls, if you know the Trojan Box set with all women singing. It's I would incredible. imagine you have like your sister Nancy, Susan Cadogan, Doreen Schaefer. There's like, I don't know, like there's like bigger names in, in reggae. I don't know. It's just cool because it's like such a, um, what about ska? Did ska. You ever, in the 90s, did you ever listen to like the 90s ska? You of know course. What I'm yeah, yeah. Like Not I, the specials. I've, I've seen uh, the Mighty Mighty Bostones more than any other That's band like. in my, in my, in my life. I've seen them probably over literally 120 times. Like they've known me from the time I was like 13, 14 going to shows. You're from that area, right? Yeah, from yeah, that area sure and that era. your age talking about, you know, yeah. they know fucking Bostones. They'd be right down the road. Yeah. And then for a while in Boston, I just was living with Amy Griffin who played in Dark Bus and stuff and was in um, Avoid One Thing it was produced Sick. by Joe Gittleman so it's just like yeah I don't know it's just always been a part of the uh, the Boston scene but kind of like superfluously like as like I guess you'd I guess I would have been like a, a new school like uh, 90s like punker fan like I wasn't like street punk I was there for those shows um, you know like Ducky Boys and Dropkick Murphys and The Trouble and stuff but I didn't like play dress up. I didn't take an hour and spike up my hair with glue. Yeah, you didn't have Sometimes spikes. here did, and there. Did you ever have red spikes? I to tell the truth, dude, tough. my parents would no. I'd come home, they'd be like, "Dude, no!" Bum like my yeah, Bum they'd be man. bummed out. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, like I, I was barely allowed to have a Tony Hawk poster on the wall. Really? You know, yeah, like yeah, wow. it was like I, my parents they just kept their house a certain way and shit, and it was just. So, but it kind of fueled the fire. It made me like more in love with that shit. And I had a deeper respect and I sought it out because it was like, not like it was forbidden, but it was just like, and also, dude, I wanted to skate. I didn't want to have a leather jacket and a bunch of chains and shit. Right, you were a skater. Yeah. So, uh, but I always like felt the passion of that music just motivated me. And once I pulled the plug, I just got sucked down the drain, you me know? Too, when I got into punk when I was young, dude. But everything. So, yeah, Ska, Real Big Fish, yeah. the specials, the selector, all, everything. I, I, was, I don't listen to Ska as much as all I used to. I know people will hate on... I can see why Real Big Fish is, like, not your forte, you know it's what I mean? It's goofy. It's goofy as shit, it right? It sucks, kind of. But, it's, <laughs> but I, I fuck with it. See, I think it's rad and hilarious that you say it sucks. It kind of does. But... But it's like, do I need it to be good? Sometimes I don't need music it to does, be good. I understand why you say it sucks. But, like, if you... Okay, to me, one of my favorite guitar players of all time, Rodney Radiation, the guitar player for the specials. Yes, I love You wouldn't think it, but you listen to his licks, his solos, and he has a rockabilly thing going on. He's influenced. He does, dude. He really... And so, the roots of two-tone, and you get into the specials and the selector, 
You can use your same thing why I like Sublime because they are obviously students of Influence dance heavy. hall. Yeah. You know? And you listen to Real Big Fish and you can hear some of that specials, two tone shit. And it's, yeah, it's goofy California. Are they party California music. band? Yeah, they're from Seal Beach. But, dude, when I heard Sell Out when I was a kid, that sounded like... And I took, I still love those horns. <laughs> those horns are great. I, you know? I was a vic- victim of marketing. I remember the first time I heard that song. I was at Sunday River by myself. I broke off from, like, my dad and his, like, office buddy. And I went to the half pipe. Oh, there's a half pipe over here. And I'm on the chairlift riding the half pipe. And they have a, a, a bullhorn. And they're playing, like... Deftones and Real Big Fish. Sounds great. And that song was on, and that was the first time I heard it. And I was like, I think I went to, I also went, again, marketing. Sam Goody had like a little section or some shit, like in the North Shore Mall. You could go downstairs, and they had like a little punk ska section that was like full on like marketing, like Warp Tour shit. Yeah, like, that's what it is in a record store. Yeah. So I was like, what is that? Oh, that was the band from fucking. And. Yeah, they had like, there's this one song that they have. It's an instrumental. It's called Two for One. And it sounds like a real, like, a good ska song from Britain from the 70s. Right. You know, like, so I get why people hate Real Big Fish. It's a it's a goofy thing to do. It's like, put some gel in your hair and wear a Hawaiian shirt and be part of the scene, man. Yeah, You dance. know, it's kind of lame. But, but it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. I like it. You and know, like, it's like, you know. I think Real Big Fish gets fucking poked at a lot more than some other ska bands. A ska band that I was super into and I still have a place in my heart, if you even call them ska, is, um, I think they're Boston, is uh, Big D. Oh, sure. Right, yeah, they're Boston. Yeah. And my, and oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. Like I said, I don't listen to ska as much as I fucking no, did I, in high I, school. But I, in high school, Big D was like the top ten band. Um, I um, Great band. I lived in this punk house in Boston in the late 90s, like, or actually, like, through, like, the 9-11 era, and, um, in Austin, and a lot of the, like, my friends there, who I'm still dear, dear friends with to this day, really into hardcore, New York and Boston hardcore. Love New York hardcore, the Moron Voice Audio Show. You know, really into that stuff, and, and brought me into that world, but... Big D and the kids table were always heavy in our rotation of what we played and listened to because um, they were our neighbors. They were right down the street and we knew them and saw them around at bars and coffee shops. Sick. That's what they sing about. So like, like around bars and coffee shops. Like the Drexel Big D split was like, it, it was just like, it was, it reminds me of that time, that era like that. And also good luck. The, the, their Love first LP. Luck. Oh, that song's crazy. I'll probably listen to that tonight. Oh, such I haven't a, heard that in years. It's inspirational. Like, yeah. I listened to the one. I, I don't know how many after it was, but I, I listened up to Strictly Rude. But these, uh, these hardcore tough guy, uh, my buddies, these like real, you know, gnarly dudes, they, they kind of gave Big D a pass because they were like our neighbors. Sick. And it was like neighborhood music, you know. Big it was D kind of like, had a bit of an edge of neighborhood edge to their everything about them, right? A little more street than say Less Than Jake, who I saw them with many times. Sure, but if you think about it, like Less, it's it, I, and I love thinking about bands and their geography and like how it Florida, affects the music. Right? They're Florida, yeah, they're Gainesville, Florida, which is more like that's like gas stations, you know what I mean? Hanging out at gas stations. Big D's like the streets. Alston Streets. Boston. You know, like... Dude, Big D's sick. Yeah, I love Big D. Yeah. I, I love Ska. 
Yeah, I should revisit it. There's so much to listen to, and then when I listen to things that I used to listen to, I'm like, why am I still listening to music? Less than Jake's fine. Yeah, you know? yeah. But, I mean. No, dude, I just want to say, um, I think it's, I feel this way about a lot of things. Like, I think it's, I could, I don't know where to start, because I could go back and back and how to, like, summarize, like, what the crux of the issue is. But there's a thing where people want to feel cool, or it's easy to hate on something that's like they're told, this is what we hate now. It's easy to be going in a punk rock band and like maybe not boasting you love John Mayer like how I once did in my life. But that's but rad. I, I was never shameful, but I wasn't like, I do it kind of as a, it's fun to do it. You that's, know, that's rad. Like, it's like, I mean, and I listen to everything else, so I don't give a fuck. I listen yeah. to the worst things. <laughs> you know and you're I mean? clearly yourself, and that's to me like what I thought it was all about is the, the yep. expression of the individual, but and like... Against that, it's like people are so down to just, they're like, oh, you like ska? That's lame. Yeah. And without ever really listening to it or like, and I'm not here to fucking sell anyone on ska music. Like, I don't yeah. give a fuck what anyone likes. Yeah. But I'm like, if you think that I'm a kook because I like ska, then you don't fucking get it. Yeah. And I might think that you're a kook. But I'm not going to waste my time thinking about you. Yeah. Because I got fucking Scott to listen to. You know, like, who gives a fuck? You know? Uh, yeah. I just know. wanted to say that because it's been building up inside. And I feel like people are always so down to hate on that music in the in the worlds, like the subcultural worlds of like skating and punk rock. There's so many cynics who are like. There's like buzzy things, and now with like the hard times, like it's like the hard times always makes fun of ska. Yeah, I think and I'm the like, hard times is all right. Sometimes I feel bad about, and, so. you know, whatever. And then it's like the dude from the hard times is like he does a skateboarding podcast too, and he's always talking about he's like that dude likes like MXPX and shit, you know. And that to me is just like I would blow I my brains out yeah, if I, I had to. Listen to bands that sound like that, but better. You know what I mean? <laughs> um. Yeah, I never. I was like heavy into that kind of pop punk for a while in, in my youth. Yeah. Other things at that time. When I got into punk, it was kind of like when it was starting to. So punk is very blended together now, and it was starting to. So like maybe some of the tougher guys I was listening to would also fuck with Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah. It was like this weird time because I'm yeah. big, big fucking Blink guy. But never fucked with Amex PX. Just yeah. definitely want to go on record saying that. Yeah. We never fucked with Amex PX well, at the Mormon Voice Audio Show. That's another one, and I sort of like telling people this where it's like, yeah, I love Ska unabashedly, and it's like, um, I love Ska, and I know that it doesn't detract from my street cred. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm secure. It's cool. Yeah. And Blink-182 is another one where it's like, one of my really good friends passed away, and he was a huge fan and I might have been an insecure elitist punk at a time that was like Blink 182's whack. <laughs> but I nostalgically, lamentably, like I, I like that band now because it keeps me connected to a certain friend who's no longer with me that he that that was his band that he loved. And so I will now listen to them because of that. And it's like if you think that's lame, then, like, fuck you. Yeah. You know like what I mean? The older I get, the more music resonates with me. Not on a sonic level. You know? And I realized... You know what was a, f a fucked up thing? A band that, I don't want to say, got me out of punk. Because I'm not out of punk. I'm a punker, kind of, you know? Yeah, yeah. But For sure. It's like... 
I can tell by the way you skate. <laughs> my cheetah print board, you know. But kind of like, reminds me of uh, Bill Danforth. A I've been bit. told I look like I do not push this, Mongo, this, which is nothing wrong with pushing Mongo. I wish I could push Mongo like just him. the steez of Bill Danforth, yeah. though. Well, he likes to get low too, you know. Those angry Bertelmans, I love you know. That. Yeah, yeah. That just that's always been putting your arm out like that. Always felt right to me doing yeah. that. I was doing that when I was a kid, kind of tough kid. Yeah, skating today was incredible, man. This yeah. has been incredible in general. This is awesome. I didn't know you liked ska. That's awesome. No, oh, I love it. Yeah. Do you have like real quick, like off the top of your head, three ska albums to recommend? To not preach ska, but just to um, be like. Well, okay. So what are we gonna talk about? Like Jamaican ska or British ska or American about ska? Like, Tongue and cheek ska. Like, like kinda, the like, modern, the third wave. Third we'll wave call ska. it the third, third wave. wave now within the third wave, there's a uh, what I would almost call. Is the madness f- ska? Yeah, that's the second wave. Yeah, that's that's like yeah. the specials. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were contemporaries. Not two tone. They correct? went a little bit more poppy, like they have our house in the middle a of the street. New wavy, kind of like. Yeah, from that time, too. Well, there was a movie, Dance Craze, that kind of, like, sold two-tone ska to this sort of, like, Devo, New Wave. It kind of got lumped together. Um, Oingo Boingo. That shit kind of all got pushed together in the early, mid-80s. I've heard the special is called New Wave, and I've always been like, not the most new wavy band to me. No. They're, Not like I give a fuck, but I've always, about they genre. clearly the specials were like I feel like they clearly listened to the older Jamaican shit and they were into the the contemporary British punk shit, much and, more worldly music. And they put it together in a way that was. Not the symptoms has a negative connotations, but like. From their time, like their 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 influences, like where where it came from was like they're, and they're from Birmingham too. Which is not London. It's like a, a, a working class, like a factory oh, town. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. They, they, correct me if I'm wrong, the specials played quite a bit of covers like on their albums, right? Maggie's Farm is a cover, right? Yeah, Bob Dylan. Um, and then they did a lot of stuff that is sort of like, amal- similar to Sublime, like amalgams of older Jamaican shit that yeah, like people, the modern public at that time wasn't necessarily hip to. You know, and they weren't going to get called out for stealing a song for like, um, like Long Shot Kick the Bucket. Yeah. It's like an old Pioneers song, like first wave ska. But then they did a two, what, that's now like ska's like, there's like the first wave from Jamaica, and then the right. second wave is like British Madness, Special Selector, kind of like these punk rockers that were listening to that. And then you have pretty much like, Operation Ivy is the gap sort of in between. Like from the Bay Area, they kind of like were gritty punkers that did like special style ska. And then the third wave would be bands like Real Big Fish, Mighty Mighty Boston's, Less Than Jake. Less than Jake. Yeah, people that were listening to Operation punk, Ivy. Punk Although Boston's. Is Operation are, Ivy third wave ska? Or are they ska punk? See, that's. Ska they're kind of. The yeah, yeah that's kind of weird. That's it. weird. But then I was also going to mention the fourth wave, which would be like. The Slackers, Westbound Train, Hepcat. It's kind of like, by timing, they're part of the third wave, but they're a much more traditional sound. What about Streetlight Manifesto? Third wave. Formerly Catch-22. Yeah, they had two different bands, or are they the same band? Streetlight Manifesto, he re-recorded all his shit as Streetlight Manifesto. He's really good. Yeah. I've seen Catch-22 play. But I never saw Streetlight. I used to listen to them a lot back in my ska days. Yeah, okay. 
You should listen to that band a lot. They really I feel like that's more ska punk than like a third or fourth they're wave. Like fast tempos. Like I would call the tempo alone. That's gotta be f- punk. So yeah. let me just say, okay, let me three, line it three, up like three, this. Three, can three I do? Albums. Can I? Can I do? Can, I'll do a ska album from sort of each category. That sounds great. Okay. The first one, I'm gonna go. Um. The first, like, sort of quintessential from the, the the first wave from the island of Jamaica, I would say you got to have Harry J. All-Stars Liquidator, which not really ska per se, because the first ska from Jamaica is almost more like, it's like, okay, stretching out by the Scatolites, instrumental. We'll say that. It's a two-disc set. Do that. Check stretching that out. out. So the, second the second wave, you gotta go. The specials, uh, self-titled. Yeah, that's that's like a record that I always used to listen to. The third wave, we're gonna kind of bridge the gap, and I'll just take two because I can kind of fudge it, and it's very similar. I think you'll get the idea. Obviously, Operation Ivy kind of bridges the gap. Yeah. Um, and then and out come the wolves. There's that's gone. There's a couple songs on there that are just like I feel like really define ska punk. Like Rancid Time Scott Bomb Punk. and shit like that. I'm a huge Rancid fan. They impacted me insanely. Same. I wanted to be Tim so bad. I still want to be Tim. Honorable mention, right? Okay. Um, the third, I guess I would say probably like, and I'm biased because I'm from Massachusetts. I'd go question the answers. Nice. From the Mighty Mighty Boss Zones. Mm-hmm. Although I would note that the Boss Zones are a band that are way more influenced by New York and Boston straight edge hardcore. Yes. I than, can't believe you just said that. A lot of people don't realize that they were taking out a lot of hardcore bands like H2O, if you're familiar with sure. the band H2O. Oh, yeah. They cut huge, huge part of, of my life. Massive. They're like one of my all-time favorite bands. That punk house the, that they, I lived they in. They really helped H2O out. Oh, yeah. They brought them on the road. Which yeah. you wouldn't necessarily assume when you're seeing them play. I, I, they played at, like, Red Sox games and shit. Boston's did, you know? Oh, dude. So I'm just saying, like, they're yeah. more. No, they've transcended. So, honor. Okay, underrated. so that's my that's my third wave honorable mention. Um, Third wave. Oh. This is an underrated. This is kind of deep, but it's, it's a band called One Groovy Coconut. Don't even know it. They were just a flash in the pan, sort of like side project. Because you know about Moon Ska, Moon no. Records. Moon, yeah, okay. Moon they Records. put out a lot of shit in the 90s. And then they had, I think, a label called Ska Satellite Records, which was kind of their like burgeoning, like newer than new school shit that they were doing. There was a band from Connecticut called Johnny Too Bad and the Strikeouts. I really recommend that one. Uh,. I think they only put out one album. I forget what it's called. But yeah, I, I don't know. There's like I'm like a ska nerd. I could you get love into ska. it. I yeah. never even knew that. I knew you like reggae because I've seen on your Instagram. Sometimes there's reggae music. I'm like, oh, sick. Yeah. I don't know if you were listening to But I got into reggae day, from ska because I was a I punker. Too. And then I got into ska from the specials and that kind of like extension of punk rock, like Sex Pistols, British, what else? And then you're like, oh, Jamaica. So I got like. And then I'm like, oh, dude, like, I had a library card. So I go to Seattle Library and get the, um, just take out random CDs and just throw them on my iTunes. And just check it all out, you know? I never heard anything like that before. You (laughs) could just rent it, then burn it? Yeah, that was all I did. That was, like, so much of my life would just be like, I'd go to the library, 
The limit? I think you could take out 36 CDs at a time. That's insane. Big stacks, dude. Big I would stacks. think like two or three they I'd would put a cap on. They hated me, dude. I'd go there every, every day. Fucking album. And different branches. There'd be different music in different branches. I'd go to different branches and throughout Seattle geographically to really treasure hunt. Free music. Yeah. Why you know? the fuck not? That was kind of like me and LimeWire back in the day, downloading <laughs> music and stuff. That's how I got into a lot of like heavy music. I didn't really like hear hardcore until LimeWire. Okay. And I heard like some heavy shit. I was like, holy crap. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so I never knew you were a huge ska fan. Maybe I'll, I'll start listening to more fucking ska after this. Yeah, maybe put, it's put it not for up. everybody. I, I, like I say, I guess I kind of understand why people hate it, but just it's here's the thing. If you hate it, hate it because it sounds happy and lame and bright and you don't like the major chords, and there's, there's reasons why to hate ska. I get it. But don't hate it because some fucking tattooed fucking surly hipster is telling you to hate it. Right. That's ridiculous. A lot of bands, there's some bands that are shitty, like, I don't really like Nickelback, but I, I use them as an example for this. Like, Are they photograph? They're photograph, yeah. I saw a picture Which, of a photograph. Uh, I fucking love that song, dude, low it's key. Like, it's not, yeah, it's like, that's what I'm saying. It's not that fucking bad. Yeah. You heard it here at the Moron Voice audio show? Nickelback is not that bad and like they became a band that's just like hated and hated and hated also because they're overplayed on the radio right yeah but it's just because people have heard oh yeah I, they don't like Nickelback like we don't like Nickelback it's like a water it's Nickelback like a water stuff. cooler talking point for them they're like oh you know what hey what's up you know what how you doing how's your weekend fuck yeah. Sublime fuck Ska fuck Nickelback yeah. like and I'm not sitting here like Loving my Nickelback. Yeah, I yeah. Like, listen, I have it on my liked songs on Spotify for fun. On the way to John Mayer, I like got into Nickelback. I was telling my friend, I was like, "Bro, why don't you ever show me this?" Because he like put on a Nickelback song for fun. Yeah. And I was like, you know, it's honestly not that bad. I'm not gonna listen to this shit, but it's like um, talking about <laughs> guitar players, right? It's yeah. like I love George Thorgood. Okay, yeah. I think George Thorgood's super underrated guitar player. Very underrated guitar. Who player. doesn't get his due? Minimalistic uh, setup too. That was yeah. a lot of soul. And he's he's clearly a student of the OG rock and blues, right? And Absolutely. that speaks to me, you know? I love the blues. But I feel like he'll never get his due because he's like Midwest. His politics are probably fucked up. He's fucking trashy. Like, yeah, he's a little trashy. It's like people will never get behind fucking George Thorgood. Yeah. But he's fucking rad, dude. Yeah. And and it's like, you know, there's just certain shit like that that's like people it's easy to hate on. But just just like what you like, dude. Right. For the sake We're of not itself. Here trying to like beg people to like. Yeah. I mean, it's a good idea to open up your mind if you're listening to this and you're just listening to punk. I, yeah. I, that changed my life. Yeah. Put on a Fleetwood Mac record for a second or something. Like that's what I did. And I was like, whoa, Fleetwood okay. Mac's kind of fucking sick. <laughs> yeah. And we started listening to that, and I was like, whoa. For me, that was an easy target. I was, I was like, Stevie Nicks sounds like a goat. I am a goat. I'm Stevie Nicks. It was like easy target, Stevie but Stevie Nicks sounds like a crackhead. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, Stevie Nicks sounds like a fucking crackhead. But it's like, uh, yeah, you know. I'm just open to a lot of music. I don't really know that much. I mean, but you know your so tones. I see your shit with the more. you know different tones of different guitar players. Love tones. And I'm a tone freak. I'm a gear freak. You know. How do you feel about Ween? Ween. I'm not that deep into it, but I don't really. I guess I don't fuck with them, but not because I hate them or anything. Yeah. I just don't listen to it. I know that, that that's a band that's like 
has a legacy and fans love Ween. Oh yeah, Am they're I like a Grateful Dead style yeah, following. And it's from it they're transcends in videos and shit all the I was time. Say, you know, I've heard that's my experience with them. I don't know why I never got it more into them. I've been to Ween shows and uh, I played in a punk band for a long time and I feel like our biggest influence was Ween, but it wasn't sonically, it was just the attitude of Ween. If I can say brown. It's like Ween, it's like um we like when you meet another Ween fan, you're like, "Oh, I've been brown since." It's like sick. We're painting the town brown. We're going down to Brown Town. It's like there's like different Ween lore and legends, and like it's like they created their own fanfare and legacy and shit. And right. it's just two guys with a drum machine fucking around. But the reason why I brought him up is because their guitar player, Dean Ween, is right. incredible. I know he's a fucking shredder, he's right? He's a fucking shredder, and he has this other band who I think you would really dig, the Moist Boys. Moist Boys, huh? Side sick. side man. Politically incorrect as fuck. Use a lot of naughty words. Good. And um, hurtful words. Did he? You know? Okay. But so does Gigi Allen. Here's the thing about cancel culture. Thank it's you. Like, I think I know where you're going. What the fuck? We're going to say, oh, so-and-so... Um, like, I've seen it before where it's like, I can't think of the band. It's like some pop, some touring pop punk bands coming to Seattle and their bass player fucking hit his girlfriend in the eye right. fucking three years ago. So the show's canceled. Meanwhile, yeah. here's Gigi Allen fucking Dude, I never lighting his why. feces on fire and putting his face. Or Fat Mike is fucking taking a leak in uh, uh, glasses and telling people it's tequila and yeah. filming it. And it's like, <laughs> and Mike's also. Annoying. I fucking dude, Fat Mike is so cringe. You hate no effects. I I don't I have Stockholm syndrome. I I am have a place in my heart for some songs. One came on pretty recently, a month or so ago, and I was like, man, this song's taking me back. But then I like listened to. I was like, I'll listen to more no effects. And I did. It didn't last. I grew up on no effects. They were a huge influential part of myself as a like I said, marketing warp tour skate punk. Yeah. 1996. Like, of course, I love no effects. I'm 42 years old. I'm a skateboarder. Yeah. You know, but um, also so cringe, dude. Uh, I like, know. I just, I, I, oh, I, I can't. You know, it's, it's tough. Like, I love Bad Religion. Like, I yeah. Think, and like, I would just like at my. I like don't listen to bands that sound similar to Bad Religion unless it's Bad Religion anymore. Not totally. that I dislike those bands. Sure. I just. How like, do you feel I, about Propagandi? I, I like you know. Okay, this is when I get hated on because <laughs> my buddy was trying to get me to go to a Propagandi show a while ago and a while while back, and I didn't go because I only like like the the punk album. That's like the only ones I know. The How to Clean Everything. Yeah. Yeah. And like people, I guess they have a lot of fucking music that doesn't sound anything <laughs> like that, right? And, like, so every time I'm talking to a Propagandi fan, they're like, you only know how to clean everything. But so that's my experience of Propagandi, how to clean everything, which I love that song off of it. Head, chest, foot, mouth or something. My, Do you know that song? Yes. That song brings me back. My, my friend's a, uh, a hardcore punk rocker, anarchist, Satan, worshiper. Sick. Fucking woke-ass motherfucker. He lives in Portland. I should introduce you to him. But I was telling him. Do you listen to propaganda? And he's like, and I'm because I'm like, it's right up your alley. The yeah. politics, the messaging, you gotta listen to propaganda. And he's just that that '90s skate punk sound of how to clean like everything. It. He can't do it, dude. That's a great record. I mean, I um, 
I, I, you know why I like them? I think they like. I don't know if they still are, but they had like a vegan punk phase. They had an album sure. called Stop. Con- I don't know the album. I don't think the album was called Stop Consuming Animals. There was a song like that, and I, I get down with that kind of shit. So what? I thought it was kind of funny. I think it's funny. You know, they're I mean? ahead of their time too. They're like pro gay. They're like sing songs about like taking it up the ass. They got a girl they're bass like, player too. I, I don't. I don't know, but they're like they're they're like the vegan. They're like out of. I think they're from Vancouver. Yeah, get, yeah the BC. Canadian, I'm pretty sure they're kind of like. Ahead of their time as far as like like culturally, I think they were like openly gay, openly left, that's openly sick. vegan. Like you know what I mean? I think there were there's a lot to that band. That's Dude, that's I pretty cool. I should actually add them to my list. I'm pretty sure now in life I can get more into that fucking group. Yeah, I mean, or even just just even spinning how to clean everything again is just like it, it's fucking. That's a it's timeless sick. record, kind of. Yeah. there's a shit ton of tracks on that. If I'm not mistaken, that's a long album. Yeah, like sick punk songs. Yeah, propaganda's sick, but bad religion. Like as far as guitar, I think Brian Baker's like best punk My guitar friend, player. Can I have one more beer? Pacifico, thank you. Sorry, don't judge me. But uh, as far as when talking about guitar, uh, Brian Baker. From uh, minor oh, threat, yeah. religion. He's sure. like my favorite punk guitar player. Okay. I think I've gone on record. I might have said on more and more songs show. Bad religion is better than Led Zeppelin. I think like undercredited. Like they're that good to me. Like I think like they're a really good band. Disagree or agree? Not as good as Led Zeppelin. Well, think about this. Led Zeppelin sort of has the benefit of having stopped and having one of their major players die. And so there's a built-in legacy. You know what I mean? There's a yeah. built-in legacy. or Because you always talk to old dudes and they're like, I saw Zeppelin at the Garden in 60-whatever, you right, know? Right, the boomer guy. Yeah. yeah. If Bad Religion were to cease to be and they just stopped and they After didn't the make any more records. Or something, right? Ooh, yeah, that good would have been a the Grey Race. Yeah. Ah. A lot of good ones came. That's what I'm saying. They have a lot of good albums, dude. They do, but there's a lot of shit. Like, I think there's a Bad Religion Christmas album. That one's not the best. It's just like, I can't, I can't do it. I never you know? understood why bands do Christmas. I, I would do a Christmas song, but never, like, I don't know. Maybe The I Vandals would. Christmas album is awesome. I'm not familiar with that. That's funny, though. Oi to the World That's or something. World, yeah, it. it's like a whole album of Christmas covers. There's, like, this one song. It's like, it's like... And this is why I love Ween, because they cover stuff in, like, genre. Like, they have, like, a Motorhead song and, like, a, Her- a, a Hall & Oates song. Like, love Hall they & cover Oates. shit, like, in a certain style. But on that Vandals album, there's, like, this song. It's, like, a crass song. He's, like, I don't believe in capitalists, like, singing all this shit. Like, and it's why he didn't get his girlfriend a gift for for Christmas. Are you kidding me? And he's, like, I can't, like, I, I won't sell out. Get you a gift. Like, it's all, like. It's just a it's a brilliant song. Like they have some fucking funny songs. Like yeah. the Vandals were always a great. I like punk bands that are like bordering on like Weird Al Yankovic. Like you're wearing a Dead Milkman shirt. It's like tongue in cheek. Like it's so funny. Do you think Dead Milkman are a punk rock band? I grew up thinking Absolutely. they were and knowing they were to me. But then older in life, people tell me Dead Milkman are not a punk rock band. Who told you that? People throughout my life. Who told you that? We got to talk about <laughs> I'm on my way. No. Yeah, I don't see anything more punk rock than that band. It was my first cassette that I was like, felt like drugs, like having it. It was like secret. Was like this is, no one has Big Lizard in my backyard, dude. I love that album. Dude. Front to back, like every day. And it was like my connection to, dude, I used to come home and I had the Dead Milkman live album when I was in sixth grade. Uh, Chaos, what is it? Live at the tr- Trocadero, the Dead Milkman. Sure. 
I would do my in front of the mirror. I was fucking Rodney from the Dead Milkman. So I knew every song funny. and every I I was so into the Dead Milkman when I was like really? 15. Yeah, that was like 15, 16, huge. 17. I actually listened to them early in my. They really were an influence to me in general when I was playing punk music. Absolutely, the I whole think attitude. The funniest band. And to be funny like that, you have to know what's going on. That, so to have the tongue in cheek yeah. is pretty intelligent to be aware of the whole scene in order to make fun of it. Now, is Rodney the guy who sings and he does the keyboards? Or is Rodney the guitar? Yes, I, don't know I think names. so. The guitar player is like... Um, He's great, too. Jack Talcum. Yeah, Dave, that, that's his name. Dave Blood's the yeah. drummer. Or maybe the bass player. I don't know. All they, those names sound familiar. Yeah. I know the guy who plays the fucking keyboards and sings is so funny. I've watched so many live videos. I'm like, he's like the funniest person. He could be an actor. He's that funny. Brilliant, brilliant front man. Yeah, and you realize how the songs are like, I mean, I might be going on a limb. Dead Milkmen are like a little smarter than like they appear when you listen to like the lyrics and stuff. It's actually like some depth to it. Sure. You know? Yeah. It didn't have to be that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, it was always kind of like a, uh, a thinking person's like... Approach to punk. Yeah. It you was, know, like, it's not necessarily like, I'm not going to beat the fuck music. out of you in the pit. It's no. like, think about this. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, such songs like Taking Retards to the Zoo. Yeah. Oh, my God. I used to yeah. listen to that song and just crack up. You know, Dean's Dream, right? Remember yep. that song? Great song. Everybody loves that one. This has got to be like, I imagine they play that one last or something because it's such a banger. Definitely one of my all-time favorite bands, The Dead Milkman. Yeah, I love The Dead Milkman I forgot I had so this much. shirt on. So good. I, I've I've never. That's like um. If that would ever come to fruition, I know they do shit in like Pennsylvania and Brooklyn and shit. And I've always been in Seattle or wherever where it's like they've like when they play it's like a a monumentous affair sort of you right. know to make yeah. that show. Yeah. I've never had the wherewithal or the money or whatever to just be like, oh, I'm flying out for a Dead Milkman show. But that's that's, insane that's a bucket list, milkman. you know. That'd be insanely sick. I would love to do that. Yeah. Some, some, someday, incredible. some way, you know. Yep. That would be incredible. Damn. So. Yeah, yeah. Check this out. I am actually still in the Mexican restaurant here in Biddeford, Maine. The first ever More and More Saw Show. It's getting a little busy, so we're trying to wrap this up. But I do have a couple questions for my guest. Thank you again for coming on, John. Dude, this is awesome. This Thank is you for awesome. having me. I'm honored. I kind of wanted to, before we wrap it up, because they are getting busy here. Like, Mongo Chatter, you told me it started before as kind of um, more of a skate video thing. And then it became a podcast more in COVID. Yeah. And now um, it's been going for two years. I'm just trying to catch up, make sure I got my, my shit straight. Yeah, just over two years. Um, I had done some podcasting stuff, sort of like um, starting and stopping. Um, I had a friend tell me, don't make it a pipe dream, actually follow through. So I had this thing called John Hanks's Pipe Dreams, and I said, it like my life sort of. It revo- it's loosely revolved around skateboarding. Like, everything in my life was kind of like the motto. It was very irregular. I would maybe do one every three or six months. <clears throat> sometimes record the audio. Sometimes add video. Um, I had a couple people sort of renege. I would do interviews, and they realized they said stuff that they didn't mean to say. It's always the worst. So they would hit me up and ask me to not publish it. And I just sort of got frustrated. And then... Um, 
like I was saying, yeah, during COVID, I just sort of like leaned into it. And I told myself, I'm 40 years old. I'll do this till I'm 45. I have a ton of connections in the skate scene from over the years. And just sort of, there's a ton of interesting people that I know that I think would be cool to talk to. So I just fired it up. And um, and now my buddy Simon's helping me do it. And That must be nice. Sometimes I want to get another guy just to, to help me out, you know? I had wanted to find, um, for a long time, I was thinking about, uh, like, a, it'd be cool to get, like, a female co-host um, to, or I wanted a co-host, someone with a totally different perspective to bounce something off of, and, um, and uh, you know, sort of, like, through the, through, the, through the storm, through the gray, through the din of me plugging away and doing this thing and not really being sure if anyone was paying attention or giving a fuck. My old friend Simon from Seattle reached out to me and said, um, do you want to do a website, mongochatter.com? And I was like, yeah. And then um, we just started talking. And then, yeah, he just ended up uh, all in. Website. That, no, he, his involvement. He hit me up and was like, hey, I, you know, he just, for me, it was like a, a, a beacon that was like some... You know, I had been doing this thing, and someone hit me up on their own volition, and wrong table said that they wanted to be involved. So that like validated what I was doing was, oh, someone from the other side of the country wants to be a part of this momentum, right? And he was willing to create a website for the stuff. He goes, "Do you want to have a website?" And I was like daunted. I was like, "I I can't do a fucking website." With everything that I'm doing, with you know what it is to do yeah, a podcast. A lot to it, it's and then the video element, the editing and stuff. Can't so, if you do video, uh, you know, he said, "Do you want to do a website?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm, uh, you know." And then he 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 did that, and then um, and then yeah, invited you know I invited him to be the co-host, and then I went to San Antonio, and um, so just uh, through the momentum of connecting the dots, like from. New England to Seattle and now Texas. I guess it's been it's been awesome. You know, I'm it's super sick to get super that kind fortunate. Of spread with it, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm really lucky. Like this out. Yeah, I've had a fantasy of just hitting the road with a mobile show, but I'd have to make friends on the way, maybe. You know like that I mean? all gas no breaks dude. He, oh, that man. dude's like my hero. Wouldn't that be great? And just yeah, podcast. You know. Yep. Oh, because I, I do love podcasting, but like you said, there is a lot to it. Oof. I think people have come to understand now that podcasts are more popular. I think people understand there's a lot of work to it. It's not just sitting and having a conversation and a couple beers and 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 was. then it's you move on. There's a the, lot. This is the good part. This is the this is the yes exactly. Out with your friends. Yeah. Laughing. You got. Uh, there's a lot more work t to follow up to get it done. Yeah, man. Yeah, but it's great. That, I, I've always, I've imagined that when you get to a level of podcasting, you have a whole team behind you, so you only do the fun part. You yeah. Know? Like, oh, wow. Yeah. What a dream. No, you know, I'm not expecting nothing like Michael Rappaport or anything here, but I'm pretty sure Mike Rapp ain't editing his podcast. Right. But for me, dude, I could never. For me, the editing is the most important part. Very and I feel though. like I could never relinquish that vision. So nobody else knows how you want it. Right. This is your podcast. Yeah. Yep. It's tough. It's got to be tough. I thought that. It's like nobody could edit out. I don't edit things out, but it, it's. You, you know the nuances you of, you, of your show. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? You're making it your show. Yeah. What's your ultimate goals with podcasting? Since you kind of did it to connect people, we're all coming back <sighs> together for a while now. I mean, we're podcasting in a Mexican restaurant. That's a completely different than what you were originally doing podcasting. This is, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm just, um, 
I don't want to sound cheesy, but I'm beyond blessed to have been able to do this for two years and to have been able to done merchandise and uh, have the support of like who I would consider to be like core members of the community and and people supporting me like the Tom Dupree's and the Clayton Grawls and fan the, of Tom Dupree and the people that just just rad people supporting me Dave Bagonis. Uh, like the people that are like doing shit in New England skateboarding in particular and Seattle skateboarding, Adrian Way. I, I, I could go on and on and name names, but um, my only goal when I ever just said just I, I feel like I had a very modest goal of I just wanted every episode to be better than the last. And if I can do that, then I know at the end of the day I can pat myself on the back. And it's not about followers or money or success or whatever. Right. I just want every episode to be better than the last. Right. Make a good show. So, and it's something that if I sat down, I always wanted Mongo Chatter to be something I could sit down by myself with maybe a, a bong load or something and fire up the TV and sit there and watch it and be entertained as a skateboarder. Yeah, sure. And um, that's all that, that I could hope for. You know, beyond that, it's just... Whatever happens, but it's it's just fun. The process is what's really fun about it, and it keeps me organized in my skate life, if that makes sense. Right. Filming, editing, traveling, skating, all that stuff. It's like... Gives it a bit of a structure. Yeah, because my personality is really like it's hard to, to lasso some of that stuff in. So Mongo Chatter sort of keeps me afloat as a skateboarder. If I As a, a washed up... 40-something-year-old skateboarder whose body's failing and so forth. I'm, it keeps me going. Okay, real quick. Um, I'm 30. In 12 years, am I going to feel a lot worse? Maybe so. Um, you know, like... It's, I do take very good care of myself. I'm kind of low-key a health nut. I don't really preach that on the show, but I kind of, a little mildly health nut. That's good. I'm at the point where, like, beer, bread... Certain things I will feel in my bones as aches the following day. What I eat does matter. I'm not 17. I can't eat McDonald's and huck myself pizza. down to eight set. You know, it's not those days are long behind me. Um, if I do have a big skate day, there's some recovery time. So I had some friends that were older than me when I was like 35. And they were like, you'll slow down. And I feel like when I was 38, it really started to sort of take hold. Yeah. And um, I stopped drinking alcohol for like two years, and my body felt somewhat better. But it's just, it's times coming for all of us, you yeah, know. You like, as a skater, you it's... get old, you get old. I yeah. skating, you fall down. I fell down like three times today. You've fallen on concrete for your whole life. So, But I think there's ways to... I also feel like I see people my age or people that are slightly older than me, and they're just fucked. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I skate. Oh, I know. I see I'm so people far who are away 30 from that. who are fucked. Yeah, yeah. Like, or know, even younger. I'm doing yeah. Great. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I'm still like, at least I'm, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I'm doing great. I got nothing more about Not that I'm that worried, but I, so you, old, old guys are always saying to the younger skaters, and I try not to, like, wait till you're 30. It's going to yeah, hurt. Yeah. That's like also like something that old guys say as like a crutch to like have something to say to younger dudes, right? They're yeah. like, oh, yeah. Why right, their session's only 45 minutes instead of an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. No, I just feel like you probably will feel worse when you're 42, but like if you eat good and you don't drink and you. 
Dude, there's so many things that you can do. Little things that really like up up the the uh, the value of like life. Like an Epsom soak, an Epsom salt soak will very go a long soak. way. That's a very good soak. You know, like there's there's little things that you can do. A stretch, uh, a way that you breathe, a way that you, um, when you're done, when you're taking a shower for 30 seconds, turn it to super cold. I do that actually. Like give your body a nice little a leg up. That's a great thing to get into. Yeah. I always heard about it. I was like, screw that. I can't do it. First of all, it's not that hard to do. It's just cold water. Unless you really don't like being uncomfortable. Puts you in a good good mood too, right? Yeah, elevates you, you know. Um, It's really good. I try to eat well, all in preparation for longevity of my skating. Is really yeah. why I do it. I do a lot of exercise outside of skating, too. I'm a runner. A lot. I, I, I talk about you. that sometimes on the podcast. Yeah, Recovering from a knee injury, but I'm still going out there and running. And then uh, it all stemmed from quitting cigarettes about three years ago. And then I just, like, the ball kept going. And I was like, I just want to skate when I'm older and, like, not, yeah. not be, like, a hacking, cigarette-smoking skater. Yeah. If I never are, want to be okay. one of those dudes. And, yeah, no, no disrespect, but I never want to be those dudes that sat on a bar stool and watched skate videos and was like... Blah blah blah, and was like, I just, if I'm gonna be old in skating, I want to be skating, and and I I don't care if it's slash grinds, but I want to actually still challenge myself within my body's ramifications. I don't want to just let rest on any laurels. Yep. Not that I have done some sick shit, but I just you know what I mean. I feel like a lot of people they get to a certain point, they're like. Oh, back in the day, I was so and so. It's just like I kind of am more concerned with like now what's, skating. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? yeah, like what I'm doing now. Yeah, my skating's evolved year exactly. after year. You know what I mean? Yes, for better or for worse. You yep. know, however you look at it, I can't heel flip no more. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I can still bird slide. Yeah, you know? but you're you're figuring out new shit that you like to do. Probably that's yeah that'll take up that mental and physical. And at the end of the day, it's just Wear about getting all. some. Like, that's yes. what it's about for me. Like, rolling. I like to roll, too. Yeah. Some people don't like to roll on their board. I'm like, come on. Well, I'm looking for. I'm not looking forward to being so old. That's all I can do. But I know. I, you're like me, obviously. I'm like you because you're older than me. We are skaters forever. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what yeah. I like about you. You don't have to worry about being some armchair skater because you're not. you got Mongo Chatter. You're like, <laughs> it's pretty cool. You're, like, making kind of a little catalog of a spectrum of skateboarding from your point of view. Thanks, man. That's, that's kind of what that's I actually, see from it, thank right? You. Is that kind of, you know, what Dude, else is it? Dude, you just nailed it, and I'm glad you said that you see it that way because that's all that I could – that's the best I could hope for is this is just a document of, of my lens. And I'm a fan. You I know? love the shirts. I don't know if you got any left, but I will shout that out. That oh, you yeah. You have shirts. Yep. yep. That is sick, and I love mine. I got the white one. I love <laughs> white tees. Thank you so much, dude. Yeah, I have the original one, too. I got the blue shirt. I don't know if you remember sending me that. You know, you were, yes. you were kind of pen pals. I like that, writing each other notes. We'll do that That's again old school like, skateboarder yeah, shit. I know. I love it. It's like, oh, man, I never got to do zines and shit because I grew up in LimeWire times, you know? Yeah. But it's like, so we will trade stuff. So I got to get some more merch. I got some cool ideas, some funny stuff. Right. I think it's funny. Yeah. But, man, I really appreciate you coming on the Morning dude, Voice Audio Show. This has been so the, much. the this best been mobile incredible. show ever, John. This has been so, incredible. Anybody out there, definitely check out Mongo Chatter. I, I guess, like, tell... The, the Instagram is pretty self-explanatory. It's, it's just at Mongo Chatter. Um, and then um, there is a YouTube.com slash Mongo Chatter. There's a Mongo Chatter.com. And there's a, I, I, I think it's Patreon.com slash Mongo Chatter. Um, I yeah, don't I do much. I, I don't know how to do the Patreon stuff or like, you know what it is, dude? 
I'm so zapped from doing all my regular shit that I can't really offer people extra content That's where I'm at. on top for That's where I'm a premium. At. I cut back my but if you want to kick some shit in to keep the machine going, there is Patreon, but I can't offer like extra content. I feel like I give people enough. Right. You're doing uh, the best you can. Yeah. You don't get so, paid to podcast. Yeah, it's That's just like, thing. it's a lot of work, and then the merchandising and the marketing, the marketing and all that, there's a lot of work to it, so... I'm sorry that the Patreon shit is so sparse. There's nothing. But huh? it does exist if anyone <laughs> yeah, wants to fucking... I mean, right there, donate to him. You know what he's, I'm saying. He's out here trying his best, people. <laughs> Give him a fucking break. And then the main way to check out your content is YouTube, is what you said, right? Yeah, yep. That's where uh, everything's sort of cataloged and documented. And then this, the Instagram is sort of like the most current what's going on. There's always links to that. And I try to hype up. You know, I think of, like, skateboarding as a mafia, so I like to say friends of ours, a friend of mine. Sure. Friends of ours, you know what I mean? Uh, people that, uh, you know, skate mafia, not branded, but just, like, the... Not the decks. The big, uh, yeah, not not Smolik, although we love Smolik. But know? the big, yeah, exactly. You get it. Yeah, yeah the, thousand the, percent. Skateboarding's a brotherhood. Yeah. And if you don't get that, that's when you're a coop. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, definitely check out Mongo Chowder. John's a great guy, and he knows a shit ton about skateboarding. Not that I didn't think you did. Sometimes people don't, and I'm like, yeah, you can. There's a lot of. I feel like I'm like I know. No, you're right. I'm embarrassed by how much I know when I'm like with somebody who doesn't know as much, especially when they're better than me. Well, especially if they're gonna be like a YouTuber. Like, there's a lot of shit out there where you're like, people are like making a splash on like the YouTube world, and they really don't know dick, and they're not connected to it. So it's just like, it's cool to. I'm not saying I'm the fucking. I don't know shit, or I know everything, but I'm saying like. You've been around the block with it's, skateboarding. Yeah, for better or worse. Yeah. I've been through the, 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 the wash and spin cycle, you know, so, um, and hung out to dry, baby. But, uh, no, it's like, it's cool to actually have some wheelings and dealings with people that are connected and give a fuck and passionately doing the shit just for their own volition and, and, and a respect for it without... I don't know. There's so much stuff nowadays. It's like, whatever. Um, but yeah, th- thank you so much for this having been me. Great. Best mobile show ever. Tequila made me do it. The neon light is what I've been looking at the whole time. <laughs> I was just drinking water. No tequila was harmed during the recording of this. Remember podcast. to check out the Moron Voice Audio Show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm still pretty much doing one. I think I'm doing like one podcast a month right now. I'm doing the best I can. I work a lot, but I sure do love podcasting. Oh, I, I wanted to say one more thing. Sure. I think it's really cool how you can do this sort of live. You can sure. have the wherewithal to sort of stay in this mind frame of podcasting. And you're like, sometimes I, I, I get lazy and I think about stuff as an editor. I'm like, I can chop that out later. Sure. You're in the moment right here. You're going hot. It's a live show. Yeah, you're kind of doing this live. And so... And I'm not trying. I'm so therefore I'm trying to not say anything stupid, which I probably violated no, several times. No, you've done really a lot better than some people. But um, thanks for for thanks letting for me on ramble on, reminding me to listen to ska music. <laughs> pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. And I'm back. Here we are. Thanks for uh, coming on, John. That was fucking awesome. That's John from uh, Mongo Chatter. John Hanks from Mongo Chatter. Great guy. My, um, you know, I never really thought I'd be working with another podcast. And I did. I never thought I'd be recording in a Mexican restaurant on 
opening fucking night. I think it was opening night. But I did. I never thought there'd be a little boy in a Mexican restaurant coming over trying to serve us dessert to get my ass out earlier because we're podcasting, but I did. What a great experience. Thanks for coming on, John. If you want to check John out, like he said, it's going to be on um, uh, youtube.com slash mongo chatter. That's right, youtube.com slash mongo chatter. Also, uh, Instagram at mongo chatter. And he mentioned he had a Patreon that is also, uh, wouldn't you know it, mongo chatter. Obviously, you can listen to the More on Voice Audio show on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we'll be posting a lot of, um, a lot more, uh, how do you say, weed content on our Instagram page. This is the Moron Voice Audio Show. Thanks, John, for coming in, and uh, thank, uh, thank you all for listening. This is the Moron Voice Audio Show.